everyone, and welcome to Listener Beware, a Goosebumps podcast. My name is Gary. And I am Ashley. And uh, today we're talking about book number one. Welcome to Dead House, first published in July 1992, the first book in the original Goosebumps series. Yeah, and then later redubbed 13 or something like that. It's I don't yeah, understand. <laughs> They just kind of decided to reshuffle it or something. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. And then I think they brought stuff that's not even classics into that. And I, I don't, I don't understand it, but we're just focusing on the original 62 as of right now. So, um, yeah. yeah. Welcome to dead house. The world that entered, well, the book that introduced a lot of kids to RL Stein. Um, I had, uh, well, I didn't have it at the time, but I sort of knew his name cause he'd been doing, Thing. Like he wrote G.I. Joe books and stuff like that back in the day, but he brought horror to the world of children in a good way. See, and I was the child that loved horror, horror movies, horror, everything. So Goosebumps, when I discovered those books, right up my alley. It was like I, I couldn't get enough of them. <laughs> totally fair. I, I understand that. It, the cover art and things like that were just so beautiful that... I mean, how could you not be looking through the library or at a store or something and just be like, mom, please. Yeah, I need that one and that one and that one and that <laughs> one. Um, yeah, it was, you know, I feel like out of all of the things that R.L. Stein could have started with when it came to Goosebumps, this was just the perfect way to yeah. just kick off that series. It just, it's a scary book. It is. <laughs> it is. I read somewhere that he later stated, like, I wish I had toned it down a little bit. This is probably a little harder towards the PG-13 territory than anything else. I love that he did not tone down the yeah. horror. Not even a little bit. Although, okay, I will say this. Spoiler alert. If yeah. you haven't read this book by, you know, by 2023, <laughs> then I don't know what to tell you. But the one thing that always upset me about the book was PD's oh, ending. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was very mad about that. But yeah. uh, other than that, I'm like, cool. Yeah, that works. Scary people, like faces melting off. I'm good with that. PD. Oh, I know. That's a little, <laughs> a little far. Um, yeah, it, it was so weird because I was reading it on an airplane um, last week. And when it got to the part where PD died, I was like, <gasps> like, I probably audibly gasped on the plane because uh, I just didn't see that coming. That doesn't usually happen with kids books. Right. They 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 have certain safe characters that just don't <laughs> die. Well, in kids books it's very rare when someone dies anyways, but especially not a pet. That's yes. just you know, you don't go there. Right. I know. <laughs> I know. This is closer to uh Fear Street RL Stein than Goosebumps RL Stein, I think. Yes. <laughs> uh did you know that a little fun fact I learned when we were, you know, we were like, hey, let's do this. Let's start with Dead House. I was researching a bit more about it. A little fun fact I learned is George Romero actually wrote a full screenplay for like a feature length film for Welcome to the Dead House oh. or Welcome to Dead House. Yeah. They never made it, obviously, but like he wrote an entire script for that. Uh, he did obviously turn the town more into zombies, <laughs> but that's kind of what they are, anyways. More or less. Yeah. They're. <laughs> sunlight phobic zombies yeah <laughs> exactly. that, that would be awesome i wonder if that script is floating around anywhere i mean there's a lot of details out there about it but um so i imagine somebody 
has to have it somewhere. But yeah, I, um, I read that like the screenplay is currently at the University of Pittsburgh, but it's like stored there. They don't let people read it. And I'm like, let us read it. Let us read it. We have to know. <laughs> we'll tear down the walls. Um, I mean, not right? not actually, but yeah. <laughs> not actually. I mean, maybe not for him. Me? Maybe. Yes, actually. <laughs> It's a good thing we're not on the record or anything <laughs> were it to happen. So the, the story is of Josh and Amanda and they move into a brand new town. What's the name of this town? Dark Falls. Ominous. Ooh, foreshadowing maybe. Literally. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> Emphasis on the shadowing. Right. <laughs> Brumch. <laughs> Yeah, and so they move in here. They don't like it, obviously. Kids don't like moving to new places. And these are 90s kids, so they're thoroughly sassy about it. And mom and dad... There's no filter. No, no no filter at all. Uh, This is written from the perspective of Amanda. Mm -hmm. Yes, so R.L. Stein starts off by writing from young girl perspective, which is kind of, kind of cool. Yeah. I actually really loved that. He was able to capture the tone of children. Cause yes. as a, like as a kid reading these, not once did I ever think eh, this isn't written by a kid. This is an adult voice, right? Like, cause sometimes it's hard to write in the perspective of what you're not currently. And so, but he captured like Josh, he's obnoxious, he's whiny and he captured it so well. Part of me is like, RL, are you like secretly super whiny? Cause you're doing that way too well. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I do to your point. I love that they did the, pers- they wrote it in the perspective of Amanda. Mm-hmm. That was pretty cool to start that series with that because, you know, the more female protagonists you can have, that's awesome. That's true. And I, I'm trying to remember, I mean, there's usually like a female protagonist, but I don't remember how often the female protagonist is first person. And that might be a fun thing to sort of focus on as we go along. Yeah. (laughs) Make a graph or something. I'm going to have like, you know, those serial killer walls where they're (laughs) trying to find the serial killers or something. I'm just going to have like the books with with the pictures and who's our main protagonist. Who's the (laughs) perspective from? Is this one first or third perspective? Yeah. Are we omniscient? What's going on here? (laughs) Because it does vary because already working my way through the second one, like it's in third person instead of first person as this first one was. So, but you're exactly right. He seems to be able to channel children's brains and their personalities super well. Because I'm pretty sure R.L. Stein has never been a young girl, but... That we know of. That we know of. Yeah, pretty sure R.L. Stein was never a young girl, but he sells it. Like yeah. in the book, it's sold. He does. <laughs> Which actually, I'm going to segue a little here. That's one of the things I noticed with the TV episode because it aired in what, 97? Yeah. And it was actually. Um, it was shown predominantly from her perspective, but it did show scenes with other characters that she was not in. Yes. So that I was kind of like, oh, no, I forgot that they did that, that they shifted it a little more outward. So we're seeing what's going on with the mom, what's going on with the brother. And it's like, no, no, you stick to Amanda. Dang it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. As as we're, you know, in, in the beginning of the episode, as the car is driving into 
the new town and everything. There's conversations happening within the car, but Amanda's just sitting silently and sullenly looking out the window. I'm like, is she going to speak at all this episode? Because it feels like it took a good five or six minutes for her to even have a line of dialogue, which felt weird based on the fact that, you know, she was the protagonist. Yeah, it started with her. It started with her, you know, overall, this is where we're going. This is what we're doing. I'm going to miss my friends. And you almost get none of that in this, you know, this intro or even throughout the episode. Like you see her writing her friends a Mm -hmm. few times, but really there's not much of that like angst that he was able to write into the book about like what she's missing. So, yeah. Yeah, and that that was whenever it really kind of started to feel like her episode was whenever she was sitting in her bed writing in her diary doing the narration side of things. I was like, oh, this feels like the book finally. And then it veered some more. It veered some more. It veered a lot. It veered a lot. (laughs) I I forgot how much it veered. You know what I did like, though? I don't mind a story veering if we learn more, Mm -hmm. even if it wasn't more that was originally intended because – I don't think he wrote the screenplays, so I imagine the additional layers they put in were not inspired by R.L. Stein. True. But um, seeing the relationship filled out between her and her dad, mm-hmm. as well as, you know, Amanda and the mom, I liked that. I liked that we got a little bit more of the character drive from that. Right. Um, filling out who these people are, because in the book, the parents are almost, you know, they serve a purpose, but they're almost so one note that it's like, do you guys even know what's going on? Like, yeah, I know. <laughs> where are you during the, like the day? What's happening here? So I do like we got a little bit more of a rounding out complexity of the parents yes. and the family as a whole. Right, and I noticed I noticed that there was much less bickering between the parents with in, in the episode specifically. The book is all about how like the parents' relationship is falling apart. And, yeah. the, and the kids are like, we're scared about ghosts. And the parents are like, well, we hate each other now. So <laughs> we hate each other. Like you're scared about ghosts. Yeah. Watch out for the divorce. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, One of the things that they deviated on that I wasn't quite a fan of <laughs> <laughs> was um, the idea of how they trick people into mm-hmm. coming into the town because in the the book um it's dawes who is sending people letters saying oh you know your uncle you forgot you don't even know you had died he had left you this house and they're like oh cool they're so naive right like yeah. <laughs> it's just oh, all right cool yeah we'll move it's perfect but um that wasn't really addressed yeah. at all in the tv show like how they're tricking people into coming to town yeah that's very true uh he was a very minor character and and much different than <laughs> the book <laughs> wrote him to be but it was yeah i didn't i didn't love that i think the idea in the book is super cool like it's same it's a fun intro to the doom that's about to hit yeah absolutely i, I loved it and um, I loved that it's like, hey, they're not just a bunch of dead people waiting for something to happen. You know, they're waiting for people to move into this house, hoping someone's going to rent it or buy it. Instead, it's like they're actively, you know, hunting people, sending letters like, hey, your your uncle died. You want to come to this house? Yeah. And because they even had that they weren't there that long. Right. And they already had the next family. <laughs> like set to move in. Yeah. 
incredible. I like that. It was devious. It was it was all the evil, and so it's like, oh, that's fun. Mm-hmm. I I do wish they had stuck to some of the the details, just from a perspective of. I enjoyed some of the scenes and wanted to know what that would have looked like visually. Like, for example, when they're in the cemetery and they (laughs) realize everybody's names match up to people that they've met, including Mr. Compton Dawes. And I'm like, oh, why didn't we keep that scene? That would have been epic. (laughs) I know. I know. It it felt very lackluster and cheap the way that it it all came together in the uh, TV episode. For it being as long as it was, like yeah. without commercials, total running time, I think it was like forty-four minutes. They really could have hit those. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, um, so yeah, I found that interesting that it's like we have forty-four minutes, and instead they sh- chose to showcase made-up scenes. <laughs> right, like the little like the f- flower arrangement thingy. The prote- yeah, that yeah. what was that? Can we talk about that? What the hell was that? I, I don't know what that was. I didn't like it. And when they finally destroyed it, I was like, I see what they're, I, I, that was kind of a neat thing. It's like the, the family inside tricks them to destroy it so that they can then devour them essentially. Eat them. <laughs> yeah. And then when they destroy it, the people start to go away and I'm like, I know what's happening here. I've seen enough horror movies to know what's going on. <laughs> but yeah, like seriously, what's wrong with those parents? Those guests were the weirdest people ever. If I would, I, I wouldn't take any of their advice. Yeah, and it's just like, although the girl was pretty subtle about like, well, all this bad stuff happened as soon as you put that up. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, I'm like, oh, I see the manipulation there. Typical teen girl. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, <laughs> jokes, jokes. <laughs> I have jokes. <laughs> but I mean, I didn't like it. No. I didn't like that because. It wasn't necessary. Like it changed the entire focus of the movie because the focus of the movie is you're protected by this thing hanging up (laughs) on your wall. And so that becomes the thing where the whole town needs to get it down. And that's the crisis. They're in the cemetery talking about, Oh no, what do we do? We got to hurry up and figure it out. And it's they're having a meeting in the cemetery because of that, because of this little thing that got hung up. So now they can't eat the people. And it's just like, (laughs) that was never like that. (laughs) It's changing the entire story. It's very not good. (laughs) (laughs) It's very not good. Can I tell you though, when she pulls out as a kid, I didn't notice this because I didn't have this in my um, knowledge bank, but (laughs) when she pulled out the art Mm -hmm. uh, that she hung up the family heirloom thing, it looks like something that I recently over the past years learned about their, um, their art. And it looks like all the spirals and the braiding, the intricate things of like some kind of textile. Mm -hmm. Well, um, it turns out people would make art of hair like ancestors hair and people that have passed away loved ones hair. Mm. So it was literally a family heirloom. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But like all jokes aside, like it was, it's a real thing. I've been uh, Winchester mystery mansion has one big one and they're real. And I went to this uh, museum in Stockton that also has it and it's legit made of hair Mm. And, and it's, it's got, you know, other things woven in for color, but I was thinking when she pulled that out, I'm like, oh my gosh, that looks exactly like one of those. 
Wow, you're you're exactly right though. Like I I don't know what you're talking about, but like in my mind, I'm like, was that hair? Was that hair? Yeah, it, it looked like a braided circle. Right? Yeah. It looked like a bunch of little intricate braided circles, and I was trying to squint, but you know quality of tv back then i'm trying to look on my computer and it's just like yeah is that hair that's got to be hair it's a it's a hair loop. i'm pretty sure that's a person <laughs> I, that might be a person named amanda i don't do, know <laughs> do, do better youtube uh, do better. <laughs> how dare you <laughs> you didn't upgrade these to 4k yeah right i don't know if i really want to know what amanda looks like she's fine as a <laughs> As a face blob with a 90s hairdo. That hairdo. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Oh, all those hats. And I love that the kid mentions that at the end. <laughs> oh, that's why they were wearing all those <laughs> stupid hats. It's like the worst <laughs> dubbing ever. I was like, yes, that's, <laughs> yep. That's why they wore the stupid hats. I do wish we had seen more because like Dawes, he has more of a prominent role and the backstabbery, like, you know, that twist, if you will, at the end is so much more impactful because this whole time they think Dawes is on their side and it's just like he helped when the the kid, he helped them when the kids are surrounding them and with the bats and the everything. He pulls up out of nowhere, like a bat out of hell with his car. Like, Hey, what are you kids doing here? Um, and, and so it's like, you think Dawes is a good guy, and then, you know, oh, do, 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 cemetery, <laughs> Compton Dawes. And, um, yeah, I, I just feel like it would have been awesome had they, like, kept those characters a little bit more prominent. Even Ray, like, he's the Watcher, right? Yeah. He's following them and seems like a safe character, too. And he almost seems a little bit sad. Yes. Um, You have layers in the book of these different characters like he seemed a little sad when it's like oh i wish you hadn't seen that like the the gravestones and i'm really sorry i'm gonna have to do this you know but hey we'll still be friends (laughs) (laughs) like you feel bad for ray like oh he's doing he's playing the part he has to play but Mm -hmm. he's still he feels a little not great about it so yeah yeah he's still human in his like night zombie ways in a shadow zombie shadow zombie yeah <laughs> it's like a vampire zombie don't go into the sun but we eat you right and we're the living i mean they literally called them the living dead in the tv show like they well, did living dead that's a zombie my friend yeah was that a reference to the romero oh, script floating around i don't know maybe i don't think the show's smart enough to make those kind of references but maybe <laughs> You just wait till I mission impossible. The University of Pittsburgh. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Give me that script. Dun, dun. Um, <laughs> I have to see it. I have to. I know. I've man, I've been to Pittsburgh multiple times. If I had known I was in the same city as the most important script to ever exist. Ever. <laughs> to ever exist. It's a national treasure, one it might is. say. It is. If I could see that script or the Declaration of Independence, I choose the script. Yeah, I'm with you. <laughs> I was like, this is going to go one of two ways. I was thinking about, you know, which one would sell more. I think the script would sell more. <laughs> <laughs> There's certainly less novelty scripts floating around gift stores. You know what? 
I wish had been released. Supposedly, R.L. Stein had written a prequel for Welcome to Dead House called Happy Holidays from Dead House. Yeah. And it actually centered around Ray. Oh. And I liked Ray, even though, you know, his creepy little watcher, I liked him. <laughs> yeah, it was supposed to be about when he moved there and you know he dies. Yeah. So, <laughs> da, 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 we know. <laughs> yeah, cart before the horse. Uh, spoilers going in. <laughs> Yeah, that's <laughs> that would be great. It was wild the the change um, in terms of because yeah the 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 realtor uh, Con, Concord is that Con Compton Compton sorry yeah Compton Com, Dolls Com, Compton Dolls it's a family name Compton Dolls yeah exactly that's what he said it's a family name no one else has it. <laughs> Which I, I, when I first read that line I was like that's a weird thing, and then when it came back later I'm like. Oh, that's why I said it. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, why would you? So oh, yeah, all right. <laughs> it's just a weird piece of dialogue to throw in there. <laughs> that was R.L. Stein planning far ahead for the end of the book. It's the long game. <laughs> it's the long game. <laughs> My name is Amanda. It's a family name. Yeah. It, <laughs> It's, I guess you could say it's kind of rare. Yeah. <laughs> Amanda with a U. Amanda. <laughs> uh, exactly. Uh, uh, Amanda. Yep. Amanda. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, Amanda. Oh, Amanda. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like, uh, but yeah, so... Mr. Dolls. Mr. Dolls. Mr. Dolls. That was his father. Um, (laughs) I'm not my father. (laughs) Just call me C. Dolls. C. Dolls. (laughs) Here to, yeah, from here on out, C. Dolls. So, C. Dolls uh, was such an Mm -hmm. interesting character in the book, and they so shortchanged him in the show. Like, the fact that he helped the kids look around for Petey when Petey ran off, you know, drove him around, and like, he was there. At their, like, he was like the first person in the car. Let's go find this damn dog. And, and so they, you know, they try to find the dog. Uh, and, and like you said, he, so many like moments for his character are important in the book. And they could have easily just done like two minutes to build him up a little bit more in the show and also made him less of like a creepy, overweight white guy. Yeah, like he fell asleep in the house yeah. and he's reaching all across her to the power box. Like yeah. that's how we introduce it's weird. C-Dawes, really? It's really weird. I understand we need commercial breaks, but sometimes it's okay just to say, Goosebumps will be right back after these messages. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, and I'm with you. Like I forgot about how, by the way, Stranger Danger, they just jump into his car to go find the dog. But yeah. they, whatever, neither here nor there, small town, I guess. <laughs> but it's just like... So many things he did mm-hmm. to help them to make that ending, that, bet- you know, that betrayal reveal of like, oh my gosh, it was you this yep. whole time. Yep. Yep. I also, I also like how whenever they're in the cemetery and whenever they're following Petey, whenever they find him again, like they're like, Petey stinks, which actually that, that begs the question, why don't the kids stink? But you know, I, I guess puberty. Maybe a living dead person smells differently than a living dead dog. Maybe. That sounds like a Rob Zombie song. It does. 
It's every Rob Zombie song except for the actual Rob Zombie song. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, yeah, why does he smell and nobody else does? And they even call back to that in the episode without actually like explaining it. Like you have yeah. to read the book to understand at the end when they're like, Petey stinks, like what that means. Yeah, because there's no other reference. Yeah. I don't I don't think unless I missed it. It's entirely possible in the forty four minutes I zoned out multiple times. No, I don't think anybody did. Yeah. I don't recall, but I don't think they reference any of the kids or anything. But that was the other thing. I wish they had given more time just in general, because they don't have to be long uh, scenes, but yeah. filled with the, like, they chose scenes that didn't exist. It's like the original scenes would have been better, like the kids building rapport, playing with the kids every day, and tying Petey up, and then, oops, Petey's gone. Right. And, you know, ultimately that family heirloom took the place of Petey because Petey was the focus, right? He's the one that's keeping everyone kind of away. He's growling, barking at them. Mm -hmm. um, and they're trying to get rid of Petey versus this thing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so it, it, that's the focus is how they could get rid of Petey that's, until they finally do. That makes sense. Yeah. And there might also have been like certain restrictions and such in terms of what they could and couldn't do involved regarding the dog. Maybe they only had him for so long. I don't know. Yeah, it's entirely possible. Or maybe he wasn't, you know, a dog that acted particularly well on set. You, you never know. Yeah, because he only goes to the cemetery once. Yeah. And uh, at that point, he's gone. They find, you know, the whole town shebang is up. And it's like, oh, that would have been a much better scene. I know that's probably more expensive and harder to shoot than having the tree completely like collapsed and then the sun is out on everybody like that would have been epic versus the attic but yeah like in the cemetery he goes a few times and that's when he's like sniffing around and i think at some point they do reference the cemetery smells funny they might have yeah but i don't remember i like the idea of the book the parents being kidnapped and taken to the cemetery yeah and then the kids have to you know save them and the idea that they see their friends floating in and they're like what right. them too oh no and it's like guys are you surprised it's everybody like yeah. anybody that lived in this town prior to you is 99.9 percent .9 sure they're they're one of them yeah so. yeah it, it it was i don't know everyone is the appropriate level of dense in this to to pull it off i feel like are they from California? No, I'm kidding. Because <laughs> <laughs> this this takes place in the Midwest somewhere, right? Yes, yeah, That's I, I the believe vibe so. I, got. I believe yeah. so. However, the you know very obviously filmed in Canada. Whenever, uh, I mean, the amount of times they said "house" instead of "house,", house. yeah. <laughs> I don't want to move so, into the new house, Dad. This book freaked me out because I moved a lot as a kid. And so after reading that, anytime I would move somewhere new, I'm like, are my neighbors dead? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I know I've been a suburb of a huge metropolitan, but like <laughs> my neighbors secretly zombies. Well, it never happened. So that you know, of. that I know of. Yes. Because it was the chemical plant, right? That like, or no, it was what kind of factory? It was some kind of factory that like the yellow gas escaped and turned them all into what they are. Yeah, I forget what kind of factory it was. Um, I think in the show it was a chemical plant. 
Okay. Just I can't to, remember in the book if they just said the nearby factory. Maybe. And the one thing that I thought was really decent in the uh, the TV show that the dad, it, like it, t- it totally made sense as adults when PD has the newspaper that talks about the gas release from the chemical factory. And the dad's like, what the heck? You didn't tell us about this. I would have liked to have known this before buying this house. And I'm like, that's a very logical response to finding yeah. out. Yeah, like, the most realistic part of this episode, I'd say. Yeah, because in the book, the parents are really like, eh, it's all going to work out. Eh, yeah. it's fine. We're just going to go to a dinner party with the weirds. It'll be fine. <laughs> with the weirds? Is that what we're <laughs> calling them the weirds? The whole neighborhood. And Yeah, and that was the other thing. The one thing in the book, he had all this page space to write, <laughs> but we never understand how the family is actually connected like it's one minute they're unpacking and the next minute we're going to a party (laughs) and we're going to be out late what yeah like 5 a.m late apparently exactly be responsible mom and dad because the kids follow them from the cemetery into the house and the mom and dad aren't there yet no and but it goes all the way till the next morning so they were partying late Mm -hmm. i think i think they even point out at one point that it's like 3 a.m and they're like they're not back yet. Should we be worried? Yeah. Nah, they do this all the time. <laughs> what they don't know is mom and dad are into uh, swinging. Yeah. I'm I was just going to say they were going to a key party. Ooh, Ooh. Who's got the key? I really, I was looking for a key nearby me to do like a sound <laughs> effect, but. Jingle, 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 jingle. I don't have any keys near me. <laughs> I just moved to this, um, well, I moved states and I'm in this new neighborhood and I've only been here a week, but I'm like, oh my gosh, this whole area is super quiet. You never see anybody out. Mm. And at night, like all the lights are off inside people's houses (laughs) and I'm just like, does anybody live here? (laughs) Are they, and this, this book actually came to mind. I'm just like, are we in some weird zombie section of this town? Because I'm not sure. We're starting to meet more and more people and see people. But I'm just like, I don't know. Yeah, that, I, we moved to this area around three years ago. And, and it was the same way. Like, never really saw anybody. And if you did, you know, it was just kind of like fleeting. Fleeting <laughs> glimpses of people. Because um, they have to get out of the sun. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but now I now I see a... a Enough people to feel pretty confident that I'm not in like a shadow zombie area. <laughs> shadow zombie. I like that. That's going to be a thing. <laughs> I feel like it's not very clear how often they have to eat. Because I feel like in the <laughs> book it was once. What did they? They made it seem like it was once a year or something. Yeah. I'm sorry. Side um, note. I thought you meant the people. I'm like, wow, you really want details. But no, no, I understand that. Yeah. The. The. the <laughs> zombies like what's their cycle of consuming i was assuming it was a year that's what i thought too the impression i got from the book but if they were only there like a week or so um and the next family was already going uh, I, i i like try to it's like wait a minute if every few weeks they're eating people one that town should be a hell of a lot bigger than it is (laughs) Um, because they're consuming consistently, it's true. but too in the movie, it wasn't very clear. Mm-mm. Um, cause they made it seem like it was pretty recent too. Yeah. Yeah. 
And like you said, you know, at the end, a uh, new car pulls up to the house. Like, and in the book, I do recall at one point, I think like she mentions that a week or two have gone by. So we could be looking at a month in total in the book. And once a month makes sense, but I still think like once a That's year a is, once a year is still implied. Yeah. I think one of the kids implied it was an annual thing, but yeah. the, um, the time frame of when the next car came, I was like, hold on. That's, <laughs> that doesn't seem right. They haven't been there a year. Yeah. Although I guess one could, I'm trying to think because there was one section of it where I, oh, that's right. Because they think they killed Mr. Dawes. They take out the whole town. And so I wonder if Mr. Dawes is just like, okay, well, that one fell through. We got to get another family. (laughs) So normally it would be once a year, but because he knows these ones know how to kill them and they're onto him. They're just like, yeah, start over, reset, get the (laughs) next family in of whoever's left. Because who's left? Is it just Mr. Dawes? Is he now the like evil Adam, he's going to start creating a new empire of dead. I, I guess so. Yeah. I mean, that was sort of the, the implication. It seemed like everyone else dissolved and had their eyeballs roll out of their head and all sorts of other <laughs> uh, alarmingly gory detail. <laughs> I loved that. Yeah. I loved reading. It was so messed up, but I think one of the eyeballs like totally popped out. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It was like, Whoa. Wow. Faces, skin, flesh melting off. I'm like, whoa, R.L. Stein went there. Mm-hmm. Rereading it as an adult, I was like, holy heck, I read this as a kid. Yeah. I know. <laughs> this is It was decent. probably, yeah, yeah. They, they, needless to say, they did not include that in the TV show. But it was, yeah, it was, um, that was probably the scene that their Scholastic was like, dude, you need kid gloves. <laughs> He's like, I'll show you kid gloves. Eyeballs (laughs) popping out. I do like that they go with what they have to. There's that base nature that they're like, I need to eat. I need to eat. Mm -hmm. And so they'll do what it takes. But there's still a bit of the humanity in them. Because when Amanda takes out her new friend and she's dying from the light, she actually looks over to Amanda and says, thank you. Right. So I'm like, oh, she did want to go. <laughs> it adds the layers. We it does. don't get those layers when we watch the TV show. No. I, not that I would have wanted this to be a three-part episode by any means, but it, it definitely was lacking because they put their focus in the wrong things. I think 40 minutes or 44, whatever it was at, is a decent enough time to have hit all the main scenes that are important and built up the layers from the book. Mm-hmm. They just chose to go a different route. Cause if you think about all the scene time that it took to talk about that heirloom, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to keep calling it a heirloom. No, I love that. Um, uh, as well as, you know, they're in the yard and the coin, he mm-hmm. drops the quarter and you see the arm or the hole in the wall. And the dad's like, how did that happen? Like that's all stuff that wasn't in the book. Right. And so that's a lot of runtime where they could have put these scenes in and added those layers. I really felt like they simplified it way down mm-hmm. and unfortunately got rid of some really interesting characters in that way. So. I, I agree. I, I would almost rather that them have left the stupid stuff out, included the more important parts, even if it felt rushed or like it didn't 
fully connect, I would have rather those things have been included. Absolutely. Uh, I, I completely agree. I think the only thing that would have taken up more time is if they had showed the time go by of them playing with their friends. Cause I think it's implied they were doing it daily for a while and they tie Petey up to the fence. And then one day, uh Oh, <laughs> Petey's gone. Cause they got them into a sense of, you know, comfort. Yeah. Where they yeah. kind of turned their back on Petey. So I, the only way that would really work is if they did like a, a musical montage. montage yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a goosebumps montage. <laughs> They should have. Yeah. <laughs> it would have made the impact of why PD had to die more important too, because in this right. it almost felt random. Like he barked, yeah. he ran to the cemetery, and then next thing we see he's there chilling in the car and he turns gray. Right. Right. <laughs> he turns into a wolf. He turns colorless. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's just like black and white filter applied. Uh, it would have made more sense, like why PD had to go. Right. So. Well, in their defense, they were probably working on a budget of about $12. So, Yeah, it was obvious based on the sun melting scene. <laughs> They're all like dramatically fall into the ground as fake steam comes up in the air. <laughs> I'm like, come on, give me flesh, flesh <laughs> off the bones. Oh. I need to see eyeballs rolling out of skulls, guys. I need to see the squish. <laughs> Show me the squish. Show me the squish. Yeah. <laughs> Which makes me wonder because some of the books later on, there is a bit more um, squish. <laughs> and it makes me wonder how they're going to handle that. Because I didn't watch all of the TV series. So no. um, I read the books. I didn't watch all of the TV series. So I am curious how the squish is going to be handled <laughs> or if they're going to do it like this book and just completely bypass it. It's it's yeah, I'm not sure either. I, I didn't realize how long the TV show ran. Like I thought it was on for a couple of years and that was it. But it went for like four seasons across like, I don't know, 50 years, something like that. It was it was it was way more exaggerated than I thought it should be. Wait, did you say four seasons over 50 years? <laughs> I choose my words very carefully. 50 years. The books haven't been out 50 years. Is this the cart before the horse? Uh, maybe. It was, uh, <laughs> yeah, premonition. Um, <laughs> oh, okay, cool. I'm down with it. 50 years. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think, I feel like it ran from like 94 to like 99 or something like that. Like definitely more years than seasons. <laughs> maybe not 50. Maybe I was being extra. Okay, 30. Okay, 30. <laughs> You like to be extra, and I love it. I'm here for it. Excuse me. Accurate. What? Accurate. <laughs> I do love that R.L. Stein narrated the TV <laughs> series, though. He was the host. That was fun. Who, who was, that was cute. That was a little nod, like when he's with Petey at the end. Mm -hmm. Petey turns into a living dead again. <laughs> With that black and white filter, that cracked me up so much. This is how we're showing their living dead. I know. You're no longer in color. You <laughs> turned to black and white. Yep. A lot of uh, kids are going to be confused when they watch movies from the 30s. <laughs> They're all living dead. <laughs> Kill why, them. Why are these zombies putting on the Ritz? Because <laughs> zombies can dance. <laughs> There's a movie out there called The Dead Don't Dance or something like that. And it's mm. totally about zombies and they can't dance. Oh, my God. That sounds awesome. 
It is the worst, best movie ever. Like, the worst. <laughs> There's, like, a whole scene where they're all, like, breaking down into, like, a flash mob dance outside of a house where people are holed up and, like, you know, non-dead, undead living. You know what I mean? Yes. People that are still alive are, um, like, holed up in. And it's even funnier because the people look out the window and they're like, what are they doing? What's going on? Why are the zombies dancing? <laughs> Wow. Again, worst, best movie. <laughs> best, worst movie? I don't know. Either way. Both. <laughs> both. Both, both. But yeah, so, you know. There were two putting reviews. On the re- they're putting on the Ritz. They're doing all the things. There are two reviews. They're there were two reviews it. on the back of the box. Best, worst movie. Worst, best movie. Worst, best movie. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It was the best of movies. It was the worst of movies. We cried. They cried. <laughs> Someone waltzed. I don't know. <laughs> they danced. They died. But maybe not in that order. Oh, my gosh. That should have been on the box. Like, we cover. <laughs> they danced. They died. Not in that order. <laughs> Listen, I've got ideas, but nobody ever asks me. I ask you all of them. You do. <laughs> like, tell me more. Go on. <laughs> I appreciate that. Now, I don't know how I feel about Jack Black being R.L. Stein. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen those movies? I've seen the. I saw the first one. I didn't see the sequel. Okay. I saw both. I saw the movie and the sequel. And <laughs> the the, uh, the movie was... I like the first one. I, I Actually, I think I liked both of them, but I can't remember why. Maybe, maybe those will be a bonus episode we can revisit. There we go. Point. I won't talk too much about it. Yeah, but, but I agree. I... I yeah. Spoilers. Well, especially because we saw RL yeah. as like the host <laughs> not... for Yeah. It is like, wait, you're RL? All right, sure, I'll roll with it. <laughs> Just cause okay. So I hope RL Stein doesn't listen to this. Okay, I kinda hope he does. I don't know. But, the, um, the whole goal is to get him on the show. That's Oh, uh, that would be nice. Just even on the first TV episode, he's trying to be punny and trying to throw those like jokes in. And I'm like, womp, womp. You got to try a little harder. Stick to your writing job. No, I'm kidding. kidding. He did great. He's fun. From The fact that he was willing to host them is great. But Jack yeah. Black definitely is more of a comedian. And so. Right. I I, I, uh, I know people. Wow. <laughs> Hold on, humble brag. <laughs> loading, Ooh, loading. Uh, I know people who know RL, and um, oh. I, I once shared I once shared a green room with RL, and I he's one of the only people I've ever been too nervous to go up and talk to. Cause what? I was just like, I don't know what to say. See, I would have thrown you at him. Yeah, you you should have been there. I'd be like, Gary, introduce us. <laughs> Bam. <laughs> RL would have been like, ma'am, did you just? trip that fellow no i full-on shoved him yes <laughs> he was in the way he could handle it <laughs> no um rl is very he's got a very dry sense of humor from what i understand and i felt like he was reading from a script in this uh because yeah. i i understand he's quite funny it's hard to you know when you've got a script it is really hard to deliver a comedy when it's not authentic to you if somebody yeah. else wrote it and considering he's a writer right like that's got to be even weirder like hey rl we wrote this for you read it and you know <laughs> deliver it like can i write my own thing no 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 because union right <laughs> stop being so greedy the only reason we're here <laughs> 
Yes, we know you can write, right? <laughs> Jeez, show off. Uh, what do you read to? Uh, <laughs> Wait, I'm supposed to do both? <laughs> oh. Always miss just the one. Yeah. <laughs> do I do either? I do. Yeah. I do lately. Only on Sundays. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I used to write a lot. I've, I've never been a huge reader. That's why. Like Goosebumps is actually very appealing to me because it's something I can read in a couple hours and, you know, move on with my day. Whereas, like, I look at a book that's got a thousand and some odd pages and, like, I don't even know where to start. I know, I know where to start, page one, but I don't know, like, mentally how to prepare for that. Joke's so. on you. Yeah? You start on the intro. <laughs> oh, the, the, the preface. The preface. The prologue. Yeah. So I'm over here just like, I'm going to read R.L. Stein and Judy Bloom until I die, and that's it. Yes. Don't forget a little bit of Nancy Drew. Well, Nancy, yeah, yeah. I like Nancy Drew. Um, I grew up reading a lot, actually. I am a bookworm and a nerd through and through. I actually read all of the Lord of the Rings books when I think I was like 10. Wow. Um, and I loved them. I like. I, I still have those books. And <laughs> humble brag, I once worked with. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I had to. Uh, actually, we did bring in the Lord of the Rings guys. To oh, you did. Convention. But, uh, but I was just making a joke. Sure. Uh, whatever. I didn't say which one. So <laughs> it could have been the extras for all you. Know. Yeah, it was Steve uh, the stunt man. Right. It was uh, Hobbit number seven. Um, the orc number two. It was the so, best boy grip. <laughs> our best boy (laughs) we brought in the PA Uh, (laughs) um, yeah I mean I always loved reading books but I had a fondness when I discovered uh, R.L. Stein's books Goosebumps Mm -hmm. I had a really big I connected with those because I grew up on horror movies that's thanks mom um (laughs) But I also didn't realize that there were horror books out there for kids. I have a pretty vivid imagination. So with movies, I can tolerate it because it's somebody else's imagination being right. presented. When it's my own happening inside of my head, oh, I scare myself so oh, much worse. That's fascinating. Yeah. So I'm going to envision the darkest, worst thing. And <laughs> so Goosebumps was a nice step back from like, you know, more mature horror because my mom was reading like Stephen King and um, oh, there was another dude. I forget his name. That was a horror writer that I'm just, I would read her books and I'm like, this is terrifying. And I'd have awful nightmares. Mm. And then I see goosebumps and I'm like, step down, still (laughs) scary, but not as terrifying. (laughs) Right. Yeah. I mean, he really, he really perfected that formula, I think. And there were so many clones. Like I've even got, uh, somewhere on my little bookshelf over there, I've even got some like uh, I think they're I think they were called spine chillers. Oh yeah, was, yeah, yeah. Um, I've got some of those. I've got one that, uh, called Heebie Jeebies, which was a, a, a series of um, Christian books that were done like Goosebumps style. Are they good? No. But, Are you sure? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I haven't I haven't read it all the way through, but like the cover art's really cool. <laughs> So heebie-jeebies. heebie-jeebies. Oh, so look it up just for funsies. Yeah. Google that. <laughs> so University of Pittsburgh is a future road trip for us. Yes, absolutely. We'll do a live episode from Jell after 
we'll ask to be put in the same cell. <laughs> please, please give us our, our microphones. Yeah, we, we, we have a podcast to handle here, guys. <laughs> Mr. Officer. <laughs> Don't be selfish. Don't deprive the world of this. <laughs> so rude. Police brutality. <laughs> Won't give me my microphone. <laughs> okay so if you were to recommend one over the other what would you recommend welcome to dead house the book or the tv show if you had to pick just one the book hands down i could have i could have gone my whole life without ever watching this episode (laughs) and and been perfectly fine i do i do remember some of the episodes being like good yeah i don't think this was one of them so yeah and the book's great the book's fantastic I'm just going to call it when it comes to books versus TV shows for this one, I would say definitely the book could have skipped TV shows. It doesn't compare to, are you afraid of the dark? (laughs) We'll have to talk about that on another episode, but for sure. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure are you afraid of the dark didn't have to deal with the books, True, you know, contending with that. So they could create just original content. Um, Yeah. I don't know what the screenwriter went through on why they had to make the choices they did, but yeah, I'm going to pass on this TV show. (laughs) Yeah. They were sort of pigeonholed with the series. I feel like, and uh, we'll, we'll see how frequently that happens, but I feel like the kid gloves were on too hard. And I feel like I'm going to use that term a lot, but it, it just seemed like they were their hands were so tied with what they could actually do and say and get away with in the TV show versus the book. So I don't know if Scholastic has less restrictions than whatever network this aired on or what. I, I don't remember which network it aired on. I don't either. Although, did you know, little fun fact, that the book was published in 92, and I think it was like by 96 – it had sold over a million copies or something like that. Wow. That's incredible. Yeah. It was 96. It sold over a million copies. Just, just for that book. Yeah. Yeah. This is interesting cause this was when, uh, I think 92 was the year that RL only did four books. And then, uh, every subsequent year after that, maybe it was six, but every subsequent year after that, he knocked out a book a month. And, um, I'm curious to see how the, how and if the quality changes between 92 and the subsequent releases. This was one that I, I know this was one that you read as a kid and was like perhaps a favorite, but if I read this, I read it once. So it was kind of like having almost a brand new story to me because I didn't remember much, if any of it. So I think, I think we've got a little bit of nostalgia talking versus like new to it. And I think the fact that we're both saying it's great is pretty telling of, of its lasting appeal. I will say, though, out of all of the Goosebumps series, this one is constantly being referenced as the one that um, was the hardest hitting. Mm. Uh, they said that after this book, there was a little bit less uh, intensity in the gore and like main characters dying or not main major characters yeah. and like deceased pets and stuff like that so they probably had to rein them in a little bit after <laughs> this book but this is also the book that sold over a million copies in a few years so that's true they should have let him do his thing <laughs> you're right you're right so if this one is the one for you that you know you remembered clearly the next one is the one that i remember super clearly i probably read this like five times 
when I was young, you know, and, and I wasn't one who really reread books all that frequently. So it's Stay Out of the Basement, book number two. This one was another one that got to me, so I can't wait to talk oh, about it next boy. time. <laughs> yes, I'm excited. All right. Thanks to everyone for tuning in to Listeners Beware, a podcast about all things Goosebumps. Are you looking for more spooky podcast content? Check out Three Haunted Podcasts, where Ashley and friends talk about all things that give you goosebumps. Join us in two weeks for Stay Out of the Basement. Until then, I'm Ashley. And I'm Gary. Until next time. Until next time. Yeah! Until next- Say it a little sassier. <laughs> Until next time. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's a person. <laughs> I, that might be a person named Amanda. I don't do, know. <laughs> do, do better, YouTube. Uh, do better. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> you didn't upgrade these to 4K. <laughs> yeah, right? Uh, I should just be thankful. Um, <laughs> what? Gratitude? What's that? We don't need that. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know if I really want to know what Amanda looks like. She's fine as a as a face blob with a 90s hairdo. That hairdo. Yeah. Oh my gosh. What can I say? You like to play with sailors. <laughs> You're a mermaid. I'm a merman, Dad. <laughs> I'm sorry. You're a merman. <laughs> I'm a mermaidy. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a mermaid. Mer yes. <laughs> Just mer yes. Mer yes. <laughs>